Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. I'm Naeem Fazel, and man, I'm so glad that you guys are tuned in. I've got Kristen Young with me as well. Hey guys, good morning. So, Kristen is our campus pastor for Metro. Always yes. love Metro in the house. Always love Metro. So, man, it's been good, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Hey, you started something new this week. Yes, I did. What is it? It's your morning breath. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. So, morning breath. If you didn't get a chance to actually... Uh, uh, be a part of that. You're wondering, what is morning breath? See, here's the deal. We started this thing on Instagram Live and Facebook Live, and basically it was like this idea of like really breathing into people's lives. Breathing life. Yeah, Monday, yes. Wednesday, Friday. Yes. Right? Nine so I o'clock. Thought, yes. Yep. So if you didn't, if you missed it, you got you to gotta do that. You got to join it. Yeah, right? join this week, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so it's, it's nine idea, o'clock. Yeah, it's about God's breath in the morning. And then I thought, morning, morning breath. <laughs> Oh we my like gosh, it's, it's just us. It's just. It, it is us. So we make sure you jump on next time. And so uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. Also, yeah. we've got uh, July. We got some fun stuff going on in July, right? We do. Yes. Not reopening. Okay. What do we Not got? Reopening. What do we got? Yeah. We have food trucks. Yes, we, we do. We are going to slowly bring people back together. Yes. And we're going to have a food truck Sunday at yeah. the end of the month. End of the month. On the 26th. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Now, on to, for people to remember that, I actually yeah. came up with uh, like a little jingle. A little jingle. A little jingle. A little jingle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's how it goes. Sunday, okay. Sunday, yep. food truck fun day. Okay. So, <laughs> say, it works. Sunday, Sunday, food truck fun day. See? Guys, Does it work? I yeah. Okay. You fine. know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I got these for you. <laughs> yes. I think this is going to be... The, 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 okay, the, now I'm all in. Now you, now you try this, try Let's saying see. it with that now. <laughs> now Sunday, now. Sunday. Food truck fun day. <laughs> okay, now you didn't, you, I didn't. You, that was not enough that enthusiasm was not, That was you? not good. That was not good. I mean, they're telling me they're not, it's not good. I can Sunday, feel it. Sunday, food truck fun day. Yes. 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 I know. We're Come, silly. guys. I'm going to keep these. Yes, please do. Okay, thank you. <laughs> please do, please do, please do. But, uh, guys, we just want uh, to create a community. And uh, during this time, we're just glad that we're still a mosaic and still trying to do some great things. So yes. uh, we are continuing our series this morning. We are on the yes. book of Philippians. Yes, chapter 2. We've got a special two. guest for you. Sanchez is going to be in the house. And uh, But before we get into that, before we get into Sanchez, we got some good news. And some good, what is some good news? Some good news is <laughs> our chance to tell you guys all of the good things that are happening in Charlotte and did, around the world. Did something just happen behind us? I think that was Sanchez. Really? It's not your turn yet, friend. It's not your turn. <laughs> hilarious he's hilarious so funny okay, okay so, so let's go to Ashley let's just do it let's just go hey 
Mosaic, Ashley Fossil here with some good news. One of the things that we love is coming alongside and partnering with other churches and nonprofits to serve our communities. For instance, we have been able to serve Grace Church Charlotte, Pastor Theo, by having them use our Metro campus, our second campus, to be able to film and do other activities in our location. We are so glad that we are able to offer them this opportunity. Also, our partner church, Adelum Bergamo Church in Italy, started a second campus this past weekend. Thank you so much, Mosaic. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for your prayers. God bless you. I love you guys. And remember our friends at House Upon the Rock Ministry in the Dominican Republic? We were able to send them some more funds to help feed families in need, but also finish a house that one of our mission teams last year worked on, and they're going to be able to complete Rafi's house now. Mosaic, thank you so much for your continued support and generosity that allows us to come together and support churches and ministries in our town, in our nation, and around the world. What's up, Mosaic fam? It's Sanchez. And listen, I am excited to be back here with you. Um, I'm just going to dive right in because I don't have a lot of time, and I'm one of those preachers that can preach for like 54 minutes. And I know you don't want to necessarily listen to all of that this morning, but we are in the book of Philippians, and we're going to be in chapter 2 this morning. And so I want to read the first four verses and know that I'm going to set up the entire book, and we're going to track along the entire time. And I'm reading from the NASB version, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Therefore... If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. He's talking about unity here. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. So this, this verse is super foundational because Philippians is the book of joy. Now, we're talking about reading Philippians right now in the midst of a lot of hopelessness, and this book is encouraging and pushing us to find joy in the midst of what we are going through. So understand that the background, the Apostle Paul, this is one of his early missionary journeys, and guess what? He is in prison. So essentially, one of his homeboys is coming and saying, hey, yo, Paul, this is what's going on in the church in Philippi. There's a lot of joy. These people are on fire for the Lord. And so what happens is this joy and this financial blessing from the church in Philippi and the other churches, it comes in and Paul receives this word. And Paul is super encouraged, but he's also leaving them with one message. Let your love be complete. Let your joy be what you have found in Christ. May it radiate the world around you. Don't fall into what culture is saying. And so I believe that this book is not only prophetic for our moment, but it's very timely for us and those of us that are really feeling hopeless right now. 
And so I want to submit this idea that is not my idea. It's an African idea. And honestly, last summer, I got the opportunity to hang with one of the great activists of our time here in, Ash- or in Asheville, North Carolina, Naomi Tutu. And I was saying, how have you, how have you found hope and joy in your lifetime? How have you still um, remained a, a, a follower of Jesus? And she told me this one thing that I'm going to share that, that stems from her father, uh, Bishop Tutu. Now, many of you may or may not be familiar with Bishop Tutu, but he was one of the great uh, activists in South Africa that really worked to end up apartheid in South Africa. And his theology is simply phrased in this, which will be my title today. I am because we are. I am because we are. And so Naomi was sharing this, the depths of this theology, and essentially this is what it is. Um, The philosophy is that it recognizes the humanity of a person through a person's relationship with other people. So it's essentially, this is not only a generational thing and a cultural thing, but this joy and this, this idea of being one is found not only in the relationship close to you, but the relationship close to that person that is closest to that person. In other words, as we are experiencing right now in COVID-19, we desire human touch and human interaction. That's because we crave one another. I am because we are. And it's going to make a lot more sense as we dive in. But before I go on further, let me pray for us, and we're going to dive in. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for your words, and I thank you for what you're about to say. It is not me that is speaking right now. It is your spirit that is speaking through, through me. So guide my mouth, guide my words, and may it be nothing but the heart of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I gave you the history, right? So, so, so Paul is in prison. His boy uh, Epaphrodites comes, and he's bringing donations to him, and he's encouraging him and reminding him of what the church in Philippi is doing. And Paul is also speaking to the culture. Um, but in chapter 2, this is about instructing uh, the mindset of Christ and reminding them of the mindset of Christ rather than conforming to the world's mindset. Paul is writing the church to remind them that they should have the mind of Christ rather than settling for the mind of the world. Now, now, a bit of this joy and a bit of this reality that Paul is speaking from, obviously he's in prison. He could adapt that mindset and say, yo, like this is a crappy situation. I don't want to be here. I don't deserve to be here. But in other words, Paul is basically flipping it on his head and said, I'm still going to rejoice. Because I know that I'm made alive and that I have my brothers and sisters. So I am because they are. Because the church in Philippi was joyful and generous, Paul could find his joy in the midst of being oppressed. Now, what this led me to believe as I was studying this week is this thing that I thought I was creating. uh, uh, It's called contagious reality. And and what a contagious reality is, is basically we are uh, influenced by our reality, the reality around us. So right now in America, it's chaotic. So what's our reality for most of us? It's chaotic. Whether you're trying to homeschool kids, whether you're like me, you got toddlers two under three, and you're trying to manage them, or whether you're, you're at home and you're out of school and you're on summer break and you're trying to figure out, yo, parents, I don't want to be with you. Whatever the case may be, our reality 
is influenced by the chaotic reality around us. And what I've learned about contagious reality, there, it, it, it brings about contagious behaviors. So what I mean by contagious behaviors, imagine if I were to yawn right now and just, chances are you're right there sipping your coffee, you're, you're cuddling or whatever the case may be, or journaling or whatever, and you probably just yawn. That's a contagious behavior. Or say you're at a party and somebody cracks a joke, and it's really not that funny, but there's always that one person that just is very annoying, and they just laugh at everything that is said, and it goes on, and next thing you know, you find yourself laughing with them, and chances are you're probably just laughing at them, but that's a contagious behavior. Rudeness. Now, rudeness was something that I didn't realize was contagious until I took my car in to get a new a, a recall done on it, done on it, and I was going to get a loaner car, and the customer service, they, was, they were rude to me. So what do you think I did? I mirrored that behavior. And so Paul is saying, despite the behavior within your culture, continue to have the mind of Christ, which I believe God is calling us to. So the, the way we do this by point number one, we must protect joy and hope at all costs. We must protect our joy and protect our hope at all costs. Now, there, there are some things, there are plenty of things right now that kill joy and kill hope. I'm, I'm going to list some examples. Since y'all don't really know me, I want you to get to know me. Here are some things that really kill my hope and my joy. Going to watch the Charlotte Hornets and the, Charlotte, uh, the Carolina Panthers play. I, I, I get excited. You know, we're in the game. It's third quarter. Fourth quarter comes. It's two minutes left. The game's tied. And the next thing you know, we lose by 15 points. My hope and my joy is gone. Or, or maybe you're, you're like me as well, and you, you're, you're working remotely in different places, and there's bad Wi-Fi and bad coffee. Nothing ticks me off worse than bad coffee because I am a coffee snob, right? But, but what about other things like entitlement? Entitlement kills joy. What about things like, like being complicit and complacent, whether it's personally, whether it's spiritually, whether it's with this conversation about racial injustice? Kills your joy. And again, the, the, the macro issue that, that has produced a lot of contagious behaviors and affected our reality is this umbrella in America's sin called racism. Racism is at the front of the conversation right now, which is doing what? It's killing our joy. So friends, if we don't protect our joy, there's no way we're going to find hope in this world. Hope and joy, in my opinion, are connected together. Joy is the antidote to hopelessness, which I think we talked about last week. And so for me, I have to understand, and I'm inviting you and encouraging you to understand that joy is a gift from God. And every gift from God must be what? Protected. I would never let anything happen to my children or my wife or my family. Heck, I wouldn't let anything happen to my car if I could. Now my cat, you know, you can do what you want with my cat. <laughs> but regardless, joy is rooted in encouragement. It's rooted in love, fellowship of the spirit, affection, and compassion. And this joy is made manifested when I am because we are. Say it with me. I am because we are. And I think my, 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 
you know, makeshift beard is scratching the mic, so I'm sorry if there's some, some noise. But here, here's, here's point number two. Now, we're about to dive into our culture. And this may be tough because I, I actually spent a lot of time wrestling with this, this idea this week and over the last couple of weeks. Point number two, stop canceling people and cancel systems. Stop canceling people and cancel systems. So we're talking about protecting joy and protecting hope, but, but guess what? In this time, such a time as this, our joy and our hope are being attacked because there's what? Disunity. There's so much disunity, and disunity is rooted in self, selfishness. It's rooted in gossip, uh, assumptions. Uh, uh, we have a shame culture, a mom shame culture, a, a, a dad shame culture, a, a student, a millennial shame culture. Uh, it's rooted in politics. And again, it's, it's manifested and it's rooted in racism. This unity is not what God has created us to, to walk in and to lean into. It's not even why we, why, we, why, why we exist. We exist to be one. We are connected to one another. So why are we canceling and why are we, dis, why are we not unified during this time? Why are we allowing these things, selfishness, gossip, shame culture, uh, um, politics, and racism, why are we allowing this to impact us and keep us from walking out and living out what God has, has called us to do and how he's called us to live? Now, symptoms of, of disunity is what we see now, cancel culture. Now, let's think about the last couple of weeks of people that have been canceled. We can start with various uh, white evangelical pastors like Louis Giglio, and, and the list goes on. We can talk about Lecrae even is canceled in certain cultures. We can also talk about on the secular, secular side, J. Cole is now being canceled. Uh, Kendrick Lamar now being canceled. There was a time where Don Lemon threw some shade on Dave Chappelle, and, and people were ready to cancel Dave Chappelle. And all of us want to cancel uh, Carol. Am I right? Everybody wants to cancel Carol right now. But at the end of the day, why are we canceling people if God has never canceled us? Why are we canceling people if God didn't cancel us when we were just like them? Have we just, are we leaning into our amnesia? Do we forget that we were once just like them? As followers of Jesus, we are called to rebuke people, but we're never called to cancel people. We're called to rebuke people, but we're not called to cancel people. We rebuke in hopes of people repenting for what they have done, but we're not called to cancel people. And I love this. There's this artist named KB, and he said this, this is the church. We will rebuke you when you are wrong, and we will forgive you when you repent, but we will not cancel you when you are down, for Christ will not cancel us. Cancel culture is not kingdom culture. We don't just applaud the righteous. We restore the fallen. This is counterculture. To restore those that have stolen your hope. To restore relationships with people that, that oppress you. Uh, to restore your boss that, that discriminates against you. Uh, to, to restore those relationships with, with the father and the mother that left you when you were younger. To restore the relationships with your husband or your wife right now that you're mad at and you're sitting in, in different rooms in the house. To restore those, or with your parents. 
We're called to restore fallen relationships. And, I, and I'm reminded of this because of what Jesus says in John 17, uh, verses 20 through 22, that, that we may become one as he and the Father are one. Again, Jesus is saying, I am because we are. It's this circular motion. It's this, it's this beautiful fellowship with us, with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit. It's this divine dance, as Richard Rohr would like to, to say it. But, but at the end of the day, God invites us into it. So why are we canceling people? Why are we keeping people away from this? I don't care if they have messed up or hurt you a thousand times, but guess what? Maybe on that thousand and one time, that might be the right opportunity. Jesus and the 99 and the one, right? Everybody loves to quote that, but we don't take it serious. How many times shall I forgive? Seven times, 77. In other words, endless amount of times, the same amount of times you would want forgiveness. Stop canceling people. It's not kingdom. We spend more time canceling people than canceling the systems that have created and informed the behaviors of people. I don't want to talk about people that we have problems with or people that have said stupid things in the past anymore. That, honestly, that's not the energy I'm on right now. The energy I'm on is let's talk about canceling these, these policies that are oppressing people like my family, people like my cousin. Let's talk about canceling policies and canceling racism that keeps uh, people on, on certain parts of Charlotte from moving up um, in, in equity, uh, in, in real estate, uh, financially. Let's talk about canceling systems in poor education. Let's talk about abolishing redlining. Let's talk about figuring out what to do about gentrification because it's not benefiting everybody. See, we don't want to talk about those things because it does what? It exposes what we value. We value, we value objects over people, which is why we're totally cool with canceling people. But guess what? The people that you're canceling because you want to protect yourself and live in self-righteousness are the people that can never find joy, that live hopeless lives. Because we aren't thinking about them, we're thinking about ourselves. We live in a culture where hyper-individualism is, is honored, introvert, extrovert. It's, 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 oh man, it's at the front of everything. What are you gonna do when Jesus comes back? You think you're gonna have your introverted, listen, I am a four on the Enneagram. Do you think I'm just gonna be in my head all day while everybody's worshiping? Do you think I'm just gonna be Eeyore and just moody and, and depressed and all these? No, not at all. Do you think that, hey, Sanchez wants to be out front? No, I want to be home chilling, baking some bread. But that's not an option in the kingdom. And I understand this, and I die to myself. And that's basically this idea that Paul is not only communicating to the church in Philippi, but he communicates in every letter that in order for this kingdom thing to work out, in other words, in order for your salvation and your relationship to, with Jesus to pan out the way you hope it to be, uh, you must go die. You must die to yourself. You must die to your preferences. And I'm sorry if when you came to know Christ, they left this part out. I'm sorry if you said a magical prayer to save your life, but they didn't tell you the stipulations. I'm sorry if you didn't go through Matthew chapter 5 uh, through chapter 7 about the disciple uh, orientation is what I like to call it, because it's all in there. It's all persecution. In other words, 
going against the grain is a part of the deal. Jesus came and he did not cancel anyone. He didn't cancel anyone. He didn't cancel his mother. He didn't even cancel the Pharisees, Zacchaeus, tax collectors, the sinners, the lepers. All these stories we marvel over. He didn't cancel anyone. But he did come, disrupt, and cancel corrupt systems. He did come and cancel anything that was counter to unity being displayed within the church. That's how the early church exploded. They went against the system. They went against culture. If culture conflicts with the kingdom, the choice is yours. But we have to remember that it goes beyond just ourselves. We have to not just do things for the benefit of us, but the benefit of other people. Which means, point number three, you got to love people. You got to love. We got to love one another, right? Like, some of you right now, you're like, yo, this guy is super charismatic. He's super dope. And then, ooh, I don't really like what he just said because that's really hard truth. But I hope that doesn't hinder your love for me. I'm not telling you something that I'm not having. Listen, my joy and hope has been tested literally every day this week. I started with Toyota, and I I will spare you the details of my week. But regardless of that and regardless of the people that I've had to deal with this week, I still find it in my heart to love because that's what Jesus has done. You see, friends, we love because he first loved us. How can we love God, yet we don't love our brother and sister? How can you love Jesus, whom you've not seen, and not love your brothers and sisters, whom you have seen? It's 1 John chapter 4. How can you do it? But I'm encouraged by what Paul says here in verses 17 and 18. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. The way to peace, glory, and success, it only comes by us walking in humility, setting aside our preferences and selfish interests for the sake of communal gain. It it goes beyond us. This is love. It goes beyond, like most of, some of you right now are, are anxious to get married, and you don't have a clue of what you're walking into, because what happens when the butterflies go away? What happens? You're going to run. So love is not just something to just, just fantasize and romanticize over. Love requires, it takes hard work. And love is not always pretty. It's not always roses and butterflies and vanilla lattes or or draft vanilla lattes from my shop. Like, it's not always that. Sometimes it's the rugged uh, rocks in the blender and the vitamins just going at it, right? And that's the kind of love that it's going to take in order for us to become sand to reform this world. Right now, America is in the blender, and it's just a bunch of rocks. But will the church persevere until those rocks become sand and we're intertwined because we love one another. But unless we let go of cancel culture and adopt kingdom culture, there will be no unity. Unless we detox, deconstruct, and divest ourselves from white supremacy and racism and become anti-racist, 
there will be no unity. Unless we bond with God and his word, there will be no unity. Unless we realize that we are when they are, everybody, there will be no unity. Unless we love one another, there will be no true unity. So again, Jesus, <laughs> he displayed this. He, he, he is our perfect example of this. Now, some of you may say and be like me, yo, I'm, I can't live up to that standard. I don't think Jesus is requiring you to do that. But I don't think he's asking you to just sit idle on the sidelines and not try to love people, not try to think of other people more than yourself. I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing that. I think he's inviting you into something that's much bigger than you and bigger than what you are capable of seeing. And Paul, as our example today, he understood what it was like to be canceled by culture. Pharisee of the Pharisees, right? Like stature before he, pro, you know, before he met Christ. He was one of the elites, right? Like he was at the top of the game. He was in his prime. Had an encounter with Jesus, went on a hiatus for 15 years because word got back to Rome that, yo, this Paul that used to kick it with us, he's now a servant of the Jesus that we want to kill, uh, we want to persecute. He's a, he's a servant of the Jesus, and he's following in the footsteps of these, these disciples that we want to kill. Paul can relate. Jesus can relate. How many times in the Gospels do we see the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to test him? Right? So we're human. Humanize the word. Relate it to your story. Protect your joy. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus had to fight to protect himself and to protect his joy and to protect his hope. If Jesus would have given up on joy and hope, we would not have our religion and our faith right now. But he didn't. Jesus didn't cancel or disqualify people because they fell short of the glory of the Lord. No. He changed the systems that impacted and influenced how these people thought. Lastly, Jesus modeled perfect love in human flesh so that you and I could be one with him and the Father and the Spirit. So will you embrace this? Will you figure out and take the responsibility of not allowing this world and COVID-19 and, and everything around you to squeeze and kill your joy and your hope? Will you do that? And if you can't do it for yourself, will you do it for somebody else? Will you, will you not fall prey to this cancel culture and canceling people? Because all that does is promote disunity. All it does is promote disunity. Will you be reconciled to people that have offended you? Will you start to work hard and engage in, in changing and reforming systems that oppress people and to marginalize people, that keep people from even being able to fantasize about joy and peace and hope? And will you love people, even the unlovable? I'll let you fill in the blank. I have a long list of unlovable people. Will you allow the love of God that is inside of you to overcome the, the love that you want to have for people, but it's hard because of this reality. Dr. Tony Evans says this as I conclude, Jesus' humanity has enormous implications on the personal church and national level. He makes it clear that 
Humility both precedes and leads to honor and glory. Had all our church leaders followed the way of Christ's humility, instead of holding on to their powers and positions, the present decline in our churches could have been avoided. Had our civil leaders followed the way of humility instead of setting out to grasp power by any means necessary, we would have seen abundant peace and prosperity in our society. It's Dr. Tony Evans. He's a man that's much older than I, who have seen the exact same thing play out when he was my age. But don't let people steal your joy. Don't let people steal your hope. Cling to it. You might be the hope, you might be the person that's bringing hope and joy in somebody else's life. Don't cancel people. Don't fall into the trap of disunity. Stay focused. Cancel the systems that are oppressing people. And lastly, love people. Lastly, love people. So if you're struggling with joy and hope, ask yourself this question this week and maybe write it down. Who's stealing your joy and your hope? Is it you? Your friends? Your supervisor? Your pastor? Who's stealing it? Get to the root of the issue so that your joy and your hope can be restored because we need you. I need you. I am because we are. Say it with me. I am because we are. Regardless of what you feel right now, I am because we are. Some of you are needing me to be your I am, or I need to be on the other side of that so that you can know that that there's joy on the other side. I want to be that for you right now. I am because we are. Find those people and connect with them. Let me pray for us. Father, I, I thank you for your words. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your, your heart for us, Lord, and that there's always ways for us to find joy. Regardless of this world, Lord, we can always turn to you and know that, that our hope is there and our joy is there, our peace is there. Lord, I pray that we would not fall prey to our culture that, that promotes a posture of disunity, yet we can understand that the whole purpose of our, our faith and, and our scripture, it hinges on you, Jesus, coming to this earth to reconcile, redeem, and restore us all, to unify us together. I pray that, that, that we can understand that and grasp that concept this, this morning. I pray that we can walk in love, even if it's hard, Lord. I, I pray that you give us the grace and the strength to, to overcome it, Lord. We have been, some of us have been oppressed. Some of us have been just disrespected. Some of us are having a hard time right now with loving people and finding joy, Lord. I pray that we can just cling on and hold on to our brothers and sisters that may be further along the journey than we are so that we can feel your love so that we can have joy and hope. And Lord, I thank you for my, my extended family. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.